Let's take a trip down memory lane Your toxic and see what we find. I just thought it was sentimental value to me. I'm Jared Hall from Entertainment Weekly, and here's what to watch on Monday, May 3rd. We're counting down today's top three must-see picks from TV and movies, but first, your entertainment headlines. After addressing and shooting down rumors last week that he'll be the next Superman, now Michael B. Jordan reveals there's another upcoming movie that audiences should not expect to see him in, Black Panther 2. In an interview on The Jess Cagle Show, he was asked on a scale of 1 to 10 the likelihood of his return as Killmonger. His answer, quote, I'm going to go with a solid 2. I didn't want to go 0. Never say never. I can't predict the future. And Hollywood and fans are mourning the death of actress Olympia Dukakis, who died Saturday. Among Dukakis's many roles were Working Girl, Mr. Holland's Opus, and Steel Magnolias, where she starred opposite Sally Field, Julia Roberts, Dolly Parton, Shirley MacLaine, and Daryl Hannah, and Moonstruck, for which she won the Best Supporting Actress Oscar. For more on those stories, plus other news, reviews, interviews, and more, head over to EW.com. All right, let's get on the road. The road to lives, that is, with our number three pick, The Voice. Tonight's episode is a special 10th anniversary edition of the usual Road to Lives installment, looking back not just at the journeys of the season's remaining artists, but the best moments from The Voice's 10-year history so far. The coaches will reflect on the past decade and their time with the show, along with highlights from the past 19 seasons. Here's a clip. This show has changed my life because I get to meet people I would have never met otherwise and hear their stories and their ambitions. There's nothing better than that. It's nice when you find people that work in your industry that you can really relate to and enjoy being around, and I've definitely found that. Thank you for yeah. coming. Thank you for coming. <laughs> We've now made it a tradition, Chrissy and I, to invite the coaches over for the season finale to have a little dinner to celebrate the end of the year. We all really enjoy each other's company and respect each other. Everyone here is like an extended family, and that's a nice thing to have. Indeed it is. By the way, the special will also feature some never-before-seen footage, and most importantly, this season's coach performance. We're guessing it will be an emotional one. That all begins at 8 on NBC Tonight. All right, folks, it's that point of the podcast, that time of the day when we normally turn to celebrities or EW staff for them to tell you what they are watching. But we're changing it up a bit today uh, to tell you about another new podcast here that EW has just launched. And for that, I am bringing in the wonderful, the the always fantastic, who always has great recommendations, Derek Lawrence. Hey, Derek, how's it going? I'm doing great. Anytime I get to talk to you, uh, J-Rock. It's great. <laughs> well, I'm happy to have you here. I, I And I do love our conversations about all things pop culture. And right now, today, we're specifically talking about something that I hear you talk about a lot. All of us at EW know you love this. Um, people on social media know you love this. So I'm, I'm so happy that we were finally able to make this work. And by we, I mean all of you who put in so much uh, hard work into it. It's the new season of our Binge podcast, all about the Fast and Furious movies. It is EW's Binge, the Fast Saga. Tell everyone about it. 
Well, well, Jared, me, me and you, we go way back, right? We we started <laughs> we what, within a few weeks of each other at EW. Yeah. So going on five yeah. plus years now. So we're very yep. good friends in addition to colleagues. And I don't know, if you if you mm-hmm. were if someone asked you, like, tell me one thing about Derek. Like just just sum up Derek. I don't know. It'd probably be what? Fast and Furious or Hitch, right? Like those would be the two. Or yeah, I was going to say Fast and Furious or Will Smith. That's all. Exactly. They just suck me back in. So yeah, this has been a dream project of mine. I legit like, I have a document somewhere on my computer of like four years ago. <laughs> I think I was an intern and I was like, oh, maybe one day you think they left me, let me have a Fast and Furious podcast. Um, and then. And that, that day's day here. here. We got the whole family and they've all been incredible. What I've already listened to from the first uh, episode, which is already available. It's the one, the only then. Diesel. Yeah, you had to start it. You got to start it with Vin, right? You have to start with him. That was the conversations. I think even he was kind of like on his end. He's like, oh no, should I do eight like instead? Because like that oh. would be like really the last one setting it up. And we're, I was like, no. And I think other people were telling me, like, no, you got to be the <laughs> hammer that starts it. Like that's how you, yep. that's how you get people going. Like if I just had like, I don't know. Actually, I was going to joke if I just had Ja Rule on the first one. I'm not sure that would get the buzz going, but actually, I don't know. It might. <laughs> I'd be excited might, for yeah. that one. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. but yeah, we got, you know, Vin. Michelle Rodriguez, Ludacris, Tyrese, John Cena. I mean, we got the whole family, like I said. So, and everyone's been so good. Like I've kind of been blown away by how great these conversations have been so far. What's been like a shocking story or or moment uh, anecdote that one of them have told you? I mean, the most shocking moment might've been, I wasn't the one most shocked. We were talking to Ludacris for Too Fast, Too Furious. He said that Fast Five is his favorite. And I said, I was like, oh, that's not controversial. Fast Five is everyone's favorite. But I said, I was like, honestly, Ludacris, I was like, I think that Fast Five might be the best action film of all time. And literally, oh. all he said, his react, he was stunned. When you see the video, he's stunned. And he always says is, he's like, oh, shit. Like he was just like, he couldn't believe it. And I was like, I said it, Luna, it's true. Uh, and he eventually came around. He started thinking about it. He he was like, at first he didn't really believe me. But then as he started talking about Fast Five, he's like, actually, you might be right. Um, so So that was pretty incredible. And then, you know, not to spoil, but we talked to Justin Lin. I just got done talking to Justin yeah. Lin, actually, for, and it will be, that'll be the, for the fourth film. And he was pretty resistant, actually. You know, he had directed Tokyo Drift and they wanted him to do the fourth mm-hmm. one. He's kind of like, no, I want to go back to Indies. You know, I don't think this mm-hmm. is what I want to do next. And then he said, him, his wife, and Sung Kang, who plays Han in the films, were driving up. I think they were going to San Francisco. They were driving up the five and they stopped at an Arby's in the middle of nowhere. And he <laughs> yes. said, and he said, <laughs> All of a sudden, all these teenagers were like, Han, Han, like yelling at Sung Kang. Like they were like, and he's like, oh my God. And this is, they'd only done Tokyo Drift. Like, so Han now has been in like six movies and we're calling for justice for Han and he's back in F9. But like there was just Tokyo Drift and Justin Lin was kind of blown away by like seeing that out in the wild, you know, how much, you know, a character like that had connected. And then he's like, he he said, literally he got back on the, they got back on the highway and I think he wasn't driving. At least I hope he wasn't. I think then he gave, he he called up Universal. I was like, all right, I'm in. So I was like, oh, I was like, we have Arby's and some random teenagers on the on the five to thank for uh, Fast Five and everything else that's come since. Right. So Arby's brings the meats and they bring the Fast and Furious fans together. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I might go. I'm not really an Arby's fan, but like I might after just hearing that story, I might have to get Arby's just to thank them somehow. Oh, beef and cheddar sounds great right now. Okay. In addition to all of this, in the June issue of EW is an oral history of the very first movie. Tell everyone about that as well and what uh, what they can expect there. Yeah. The oral history was so much fun. You know, again, we got everybody, which has been incredible. So we got, you know, Vin, Michelle, Jordana, um, even reach back into you know, David Ayer, who be, he's become like a oh, you know, wow. very yeah. famous filmmaker in his own right. Back in 2001, <laughs> He wrote Training Day, and then he also co-wrote Fast and Furious. Like, what a year for him. And so we got him, we, Neil Moritz, the producer behind it. 
But the real MVP of the world history, and I could not have expected this, is the late Paul Walker. Because ob- mm-hmm. obviously, you know, he passed away in yeah. 2013, so obviously I didn't have the chance to speak to him. But our colleague Darren Franich interviewed Paul in 2013 for EW's Fast 6 cover. And oh. Darren's like, wait a minute. He's like, I have all these quotes fr- about the first <sighs> movie from Paul that I've never used. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, you have to send me these. And he sends oh. me not only the transcription of, of it, but also the audio. Oh, wow. Just so, some amazing oh. stuff. Like he's got, he's like as honest as can be. He admits there wasn't even a script when I signed on. I just was like, oh, what? I get to look cool, drive cars and make a million bucks. Like, let, yeah, let's do it. Like he's like, that's all it was yeah. to me. I was like 25 years old. Like I said, he, him and Darren, I guess are the co-MVPs just because for Darren having those. And it felt so, obviously there would have been something missing without him in there. Yeah. So like that just, the turn of events where he ends up, being such a big presence in my story, like is what, is what drove it home, you know, pun intended. All right, folks, uh, you can check out that oral history of the very first movie in the pages of EW and, of course, on EW.com. And you can check out EW's binge, The Fast Saga, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Thanks a lot, Derek. Thank you, sir. Number two. Now let's keep this show on the road for today's number two pick, Antiques Roadshow. Believe it or not, the beloved PBS series still has new ground to cover after nearly 25 years on the air. Tonight brings the first ever Antiques Roadshow celebrity episode, the first of four new specials with notable guests sharing items they've inherited, gifted, and collected over the years. Tonight's episode features Jay Leno, Law & Order star Essie Patham Merkerson, author Jason Reynolds, pro golfer Dottie Pepper, and Olympic figure skater Nancy Kerrigan, who you can hear in this clip discussing that famous Vera Wang dress she wore at the 1992 Olympics. What makes this really exciting is obviously it got a lot of attention at the time. It's also kind of credited for ushering in a, a new kind of fashion couture yes. uh, into figure skating. This Very was much. a big deal to not have seams on the shoulder. Like that was, for some reason, they made such a huge deal of that because the structure was more difficult, I guess. That's right. It's not only sports memorabilia, it's, it's fashion history. It's probably one of the most famous figure skating outfits if not the most famous figure skating outfit in the world. So it's pretty good. If I were to estimate it in an auction, I'd probably estimate it somewhere in the 20 to $30,000 range. Seriously? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And if I were to insure it, I wouldn't insure it for anything less than $50,000. Nancy, this is a museum piece, just as a piece of fashion and history. Wow, those figures are enough to impress even a figure skater. Antiques Roadshow Celebrity Edition airs tonight on PBS. Check your local listings for more information. It's trivia time. Speaking of Nancy Kerrigan, the figure skater hosted Saturday Night Live for the first and only time in March 1994. Who was the musical guest on her episode? Aretha Franklin, Snoop Dogg, or Salt and Peppa? Stick around for the answer and our number one pick. What to watch? We'll be right back. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, editor in chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith 
their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce season five of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back to EW's What to Watch. This week in entertainment history, on March 6th, 2004, Friends was there for us one last time as the NBC sitcom aired its series finale. More than 52 million viewers tuned in for the final episode, making it the most watched TV episode of the 2000s and the number five most watched series finale in history behind MASH, Cheers, The Fugitive, and Seinfeld. Unlike many a beloved show, Friends has and likely will remain unrebooted, but the original six cast members will reunite on screen for the first time later this year in a highly anticipated reunion special for HBO Max. One last stop, folks. Let's head to Texas for our number one pick, 911 Lone Star. Now, this week's episode of the first responder drama is a true family affair. It was written by John Owen Lowe, son of the show star Rob Lowe, and directed by Rob's brother Chad. So, fittingly, the episode centers on Rob's Owen, who's forced to take some time off following an operation. He's not one to relax with a good book, though. Owen soon finds himself following emergency calls on a fire department app and winds up in pursuit of a serial arsonist. The problem is not everyone believes there is an arsonist and concerns start to grow over Owen's mental well-being. Here's Lowe speaking to EW's Ruth Kinane about how it felt to bring his son and brother on board for the episode. All of the things that had to line up and all of the the sort of work that had to go into it for all three of us to kind of get to the place where it could line up and happen, kind of extraordinary and and totally a a blessing. I just am so glad that, that this is something that we all three got to experience. Who doesn't love Take Your Family to Work Day, after all? Elsewhere this week, Marjan questions her identity and motives after a rescue ends in disaster, while TK and Carlos entertain Carlos's parents for dinner, but forget the limes for the margaritas. Honestly, we can't decide who's in the worst spot this week. The action begins tonight at 9 on Fox. And now the answer to today's trivia question. Who was the musical guest when Nancy Kerrigan hosted SNL in March 1994? Aretha Franklin, Snoop Dogg, or salt and Peppa? You better think about this one. The answer is Aretha. Snoop and salt and Peppa were also musical guests that season, alongside hosts Helen Hunt and Patrick Stewart, respectively. That is our show for today. We'll have more news and must-see picks for you tomorrow, so be sure to follow or subscribe to What to Watch so you don't miss our daily recommendations, more of which can be found at EW.com. I am Senior TV Editor Jared Hall. You can find us on Twitter at EW and at Jared Hall. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great day. What to Watch What to Watch is written by Tyler Aquilina, edited and produced by Joshua Heller, produced and hosted by Jared Hall, and executive produced by Shana Naomi Krokmal and Carly Usden.